Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast, where we will discuss everything from boxing-related info to living life outside the ring, hosted by 2008 Olympic medalist, former undefeated professional boxer, and owner of Boxing Burn Gyms, coming to you from Los Angeles, California, Tony Jeffries. What did you think of that for an introduction? <laughs> well, welcome to me podcast. This is the first one that I've ever done. When I was looking into doing podcasts, everyone said you needed to have an intro and an outro. So I found a website that specialised in doing them kind of things. What you've just heard there, that was me intro. There's one right at the end of this called me outro. Some, I paid some American bloke 20 quid to say them few words. <laughs> so, I mean, it's all right. It'll do for now. Anyway. Welcome to me podcast. Like I said, this is my first one I've done, so bear with us. Uh, well, in fact, it's not my first one. Tell you what I've just done, like a clown. So I'm recording this on a program called Garage Band. You may be familiar with it if you use Macs or Apples. I'm recording it. it took ages because uh, it was the f- like it's the first time I've do- ever done anything like this. I've got a microphone that I connect up, so I've got to try and get the volumes right and that sort of thing. Then. After I recorded it, I listened to it, what took for e- took it forever, and then after I listened to it, I've, I'd edit some bits, uh, add some bits in to make it sound good, well, I mean, try and make it sound good, then I deleted it, and then saved it when I deleted it, so I saved nothing, I saved, I deleted, I just, so it's just gone, gutted, try to look up how to do it, because it, it did take hours. It's just gone, so I'm doing it again now. So this time I'm just not going to edit it. I'm just going to let it go, let it flow, and see and see how it goes. On this podcast, I'm going to talk about Sunland versus Elliot. Uh, if if you listen to this, you you probably know of me through me Facebook or for, or through through Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. That's how you listen to this. But if not, if you drift over it some other way, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a former boxer, amateur, and professional. I started boxing at the age of 10 from a place called Sunland Amateur Boxing Club in Sunland in the northeast of England. As an amateur, I had 96 fights. I won seven national titles. I boxed for England and Great Britain 56 times. I won four European medals. Three were bronze, one was gold. Uh, I boxed in the Commonwealth Games, got the quarterfinals, lost there. Uh, And then my biggest achievement in boxing and probably in life is an Olympic bronze medal in the Beijing 2008 Olympic Games. Uh, I turned professional after the Games. Had 10 pro fights, undefeated. Uh, even though I drew one fight, which is a whole different story. That when, I, when that happened and then other things that happened in my professional career with getting ripped off for money and other things really put a, a bit of taste in my mouth about boxing and I'm telling you, 90%, 95%, probably 99% of professional boxers have got stories like I've got about money and about how crooked the sport is. The professional side of it is is a very crooked side. So after me 10 professional fights, I suffered from very bad hand injuries. Uh, I had bad hands from from like a 14-year-old. I punched hard for my age and I think my hands weren't developed as a young kid. My bones and, and my body wasn't developed, but I was punching hard, and that's why I damaged them. Also, back then, I never re- was really educated on how to wrap your hands properly and how to 
what gloves to wear to protect them and that's that's going to be another podcast i'll talk about that down the line about prevention is i mean it's it's common knowledge prevention is better than cure in all walks of life but especially boxing i can't stress enough to tell boxers how to wrap the hands up and, and do it before every session every time you hit something make sure your hands are strapped up and just look after them as best you can so i retired from boxing three years ago uh, i got depressed felt really down and didn't really know what i was going to do with my life boxing was all i've done like i said earlier on i've, I've done it since i was 10 years old i never finished school properly i never done any exams i never went to college i never had any qualifications although i do like to think i'm a good businessman i was always buying and selling things uh, i i had a burger van uh flipping burgers outside of the stadium light in sunderland the football ground so i've always thought I've, I've, i'm good business minded which i which i am i take after my dad in in that fact but still boxing was all i all i did when i was when i was 14 years old i got put on a eight year training program to qualify for the olympic games eight years that i was training for them that was a goal so to to stick with that eight years and have that massive goal then i'd done that and then it was the best ever to qualify for the olympics then to come back with a medal was like a the icing on icing on the cake of my career uh and then turn professional i had new goals there and then when that just came to an end it was like shit what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to do so anyway my last three professional fights i trained out in los angeles and then me and my wife decided that <clears throat> i'm going to move out here why my hands will get, get better because i thought i always thought i was going to get better and i was out here seeing some doctors to, to get some treatment and it never never happened and they never got better so i hit the drink <laughs> i got depressed i got fat i start working in a gym in a, a gym doing boxing classes i was getting like seven dollars an hour and when i was when i was boxing when i was fighting i was i was earning a couple hundred grand a year i i i, I earned very good money for being a not qualified person and regular person i earned good money so from going from that being in the limelight a lot army fights were televised live on sky sports um so going from that to working in a in a small little gym downstairs in a place in santa monica and getting seven dollars now sometimes i never I, there was a couple of times i never even got paid i just did it it was like swallowing your pride really but i didn't mind no one knew was out here and i i, I wanted a fresh start i, I really did and and that's what I come. That's what happened. So, I was in this little gym working these boxing shit. Well, decent boxing classes. But the the guy that managed the place and ran ran the boxing program, Kevin Watson, he really knew his shit, and he he really did. And he was a great trainer. He was work ethic was fantastic. I become good friends with him. So after I I left that gym before he did. I left the gym and. One was doing some personal training and and then I was telling Kev, let's let's go, let's go and open our own place and all that. So Kev finally left there and then we together we started a boot camp on the beach in Santa Monica. This was like two years ago. The the boot camp was going great. People loved it, doing boxing stuff. Kev's program that he put together was fantastic. 
I added some of my stuff to it and then we were looking for a gym. We finally we opened a gym together in Santa Monica. We were going to get an investor. It was going to be Mickey Rock, the actor, was going to invest and everything was going to go to plan with him. We were excited about that because when you've got an investor, you, it takes the pressure off you because even though we had a great program, opening a gym, opening any business is a, is a big risk. So even though we've got a great program, it was still a risk. So we'd rather risk Mickey Rock's money than our money. We found a building. Mickey Rock was away doing uh, a movie. And then when we came back, when he came back, we'd already put our money into the gym. And then he started to change things on the on the the, the, the agreement that we had. And so we never, so we left him. We just said, oh, no, we don't need you. We've got this gym. We went our one separate ways. Best thing we've done. Now me and Kevin, we've got a we've got a good business relationship, and we've just two years later we've just opened our second gym. So we've got one in Santa Monica, and we've just opened another one in Brentwood. Uh, Brentwood's a desirable area of Los Angeles. Uh, we've got the the best the best trainers. Well, a handful of the trainers, the best trainers. We've got Glenn Holmes from England. Uh, another English lad from Blackburn. Uh, he's managing the Santa Monica gym. We've got Stephen Kane, another Englishman from uh, Liverpool, great trainer. And we've got uh, Rashad Holloway, great trainer from Cincinnati, former professional boxer. We've got who's going to actually he's going to be come on on here and co-hosting this show with us. This podcast with us, I think next week, the next one. Well, we've, by the way, we've got some great guests. We've got uh, the David Price, the boxer Frankie Gavin, Stephen Smith. We've got uh, Tom Stalker. We've got a handful of professional boxers, and Richard knows some Adrian Broner and a few more. So we're going to get some good names on here. So please subscribe to this. Uh, anyway, back to what I was talking about. We've got great trainers in the Box and Burn gym. It's 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 going fantastic. Oh, anyway, because I'm not editing this, I'm trying to keep it going. I, I don't want it to be boring. I don't want to stop talking. I just want to keep it like keep it going. So yeah, that's about that. That that's a, a, my life story, kind of in a nutshell. And now I'm in LA. Life is better than ever. I'm not joking. Even if I could, I'm 29 years old. Even if I could box again now, I wouldn't do it. Boxing is the hardest job on the world when you've when you've boxed. Uh, at the levels I've boxed at, even when you're boxing at low levels, boxing or mixed martial arts, when you're doing a sport like that, it is the the hardest job in the world when you're full time on it. You've got the the stress, which is so hard. The training, so hard. The dieting, so hard. Just for your for all your family and friends who's around you, and if you're around a fighter or are you familiar with this you will know it's so hard for them as well. So boxing is a very, very tough sport. And then I had so much pressure on us as well, coming back from the Olympics with a medal. The ex- expectations are so high. I, I, I boxed, I got punched, I got caught with a right hand in one fight against a guy called Nathan King. He's a tough guy, journeyman, but a real tough guy. Hardest, no one really stops him. And because I got caught with one right hand in a six-round fight, the shit I got for it was it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. It was like my fifth poor fight. And on all these forums and all that, all these keyboard warriors giving a shit, saying about, oh, he's not going to make it because he got caught with a punch. 
I mean, for fuck's sake, come on. <laughs> We're boxing. And I get caught with a punch. I mean, that's the name of the game. You're going to get you on a punch them. Anyway, I beat them. I won every round. And I'm still getting people saying, I don't know. Anyway, so boxing, that's what I'm saying. The pressure of boxing is so hard. It's, 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 it's a lot. So now I'm not doing anymore. Now I'm living in California. I've just moved from Venice Beach. I, I was footsteps from the beach. I know I'm moving. I live in Brentwood, which is a fantastic area. Uh, shorts on, vest on every day when we train us. I can walk to work. I've just had a, a beautiful baby girl called Jade Jeffries, baby Jade, and the best thing ever. People tell you before you have a kid, oh, it's the best thing ever, it's all you ever hear, oh, and when you haven't got kids, oh, kids is this, that. <laughs> and I'm going to be one of them people because the reason why they're seeing it is because it really is, and, and unless you've had a kid, unless you've had a baby, it's you'll never understand. I never understood, even though I had a feeling, just how much love there is so with me baby living in the sun having a fantastic business having great business partner and, and get great trainers around us i mean life life is great and we're just loving life out here the one big problem is about it is and <laughs> it might sound daft time flies like shit it just flies and the, the, the famous saying is time flies when you're having fun it just does it's it's ridiculous how fast things go. I mean, living back at home, it, you know, when you get bored and the drags and stuff, uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty good because you've got a longer life, but here, time just flies. Anyway, so let's get on Let's get on with this. So the name of the, 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 name of the podcast is Sunderland versus LA. Uh, I lived in Sunderland. I was born in Sunderland, Royal Hospital. Lived there since forever until I was like 26 years old. So... I had 20, I've got 26 years experience of living in Sunland. I know the city like the back of my hand. I know the northeast very well. Uh, I love the place. Born and bred there. Huge fan of the football. I've lived in LA for the last three years. Two and a half years. Trained out here for a year before. Let's just see a four year all together. I'm starting to know LA. Well, especially the west of LA. Like the back of my hand. I know very well. Uh, so I'm going to compare the two. <laughs> Sunland. What I, what do I miss from Sunland? The biggest thing is my family and friends. Obvious. That's the most obvious thing. I miss my family. I've got four grandparents, two on each side still. Um, I've got two sisters who I'm pretty close to. But I'm I'm close to my sisters. I am. I still speak to text them every other day now. Especially when I've had the baby sending pictures. They're sending me stuff all the time. I've got me mom. Oh, I'm a mommy's boy. I love her with all my heart. I love my mum so much. I miss my mum. She's there. But she comes and visits now again. I've got my dad and I've got my friends and I've got my me, me, me friends. I mean, I've got my best friends, Tone and Tyler, who I've knew since I was 10, 10 years. No, not even 10 years old. I've knew Tyler since I was like four years old. Uh, I love them. I love them boys as well. Boys, if you're listening to this, which they'll not be because they, they think I'm stupid, they'll not be listening to this. But if you are, come and visit us, will you? For fuck's sake, I've lived here for two or three years now, and you haven't been over one time. I mean, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming back there Sunday next week. But oh wait, I've got to come there to see you. you get over here and come and see us. Uh, so back to it. What, what do I miss from Sunderland, apart from the obvious, my friends and family? I miss the football. 
I really do like the, the football. I've been to watch the LA Galaxy play when Beckham was playing as well, and it's just it's not the same. Obviously, I'm not an LA Galaxy's fan like I'm a Sunderland fan. The atmosphere is not the same at the game. It was it was great because you can go and sit there in your shorts and t-shirt in the sun watching, but still the atmosphere is not there. I do miss the games. I miss the Derby game. Shit, what a feeling that is! I've been to Derby games home and away. It's just so good. It was like it's like Christmas, and unless you're a big fan of Sunderland or, or any any football club, in fact, where you've got a huge rivals like we've got the Newcastle, and when you've got the huge rivals like that, any football game or if you're American soccer game is is the is the best the best experience. Going to them games is amazing. I miss Greg's Greg's pasties. <laughs> I really do. Since I was a kid, I've always I've always had Greg's. I was one of them kids, you know, in the boogie where you've got pasty all over your face. Your boogie's full of crumbs, and you're just like sucking on a. <laughs> I was going to say sucking on a sausage. No, you're sucking on a on a on a on a cheese pasty, and now they've got the sausage and bean melts. I'm 100% going to be having these when I get back home to Sunderland. Nando's, I miss Nando's. It's a it's a chicken restaurant. It's a very good one where you've got different spices on the chickens and you've got on the chicken and you've got other other stuff on there, which is great about Nando's. I, I miss that a lot. Um, and another thing, what's what I miss about the northeast is like, or England in fact is is like the fashion. You can, I'm, I was pretty much into fashion when I was out out there living there. Uh, the fashion you you, you can wear. Whatever you want, like you wear your jeans, you wear a t-shirt, a jumper, a jacket, a scarf. Over here in LA, which it's it's hot all the time, you can't really wear like jeans in the daytime if if you wanted because it's the weather. You know, the weather is it's sunny all the time, which is a great thing. But the the, the fashion you can't really wear much stylish stuff in, in LA. So, and in fact, no, I want to take that back. <laughs> the reason being, so when my friend Darrell Cullerton, a very good friend of mine from Sunderland, come out to visit us a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was out here. He stayed in a hotel in Santa Monica, and he was with him every single day. He was telling us, and I find it very hard to believe that people in Sunderland now—I think just Sunderland, as I run around the country—men, grown-ass men, are wearing onesies. Fucking onesie. I mean. Is that, is that true? Please, please tell us it's not true. I didn't believe him. He was he swore down and all that. But men are wearing onesies. What's all that about? I can't I can't believe it. <laughs> anyway, so another thing where I what I miss about Sunderland is, I I mean you get great f- food over here. The, the, some of the best restaurants in the world are in in LA and around nearby in California. The Roca Cafe in Sunderland. The English breakfasts from there, the best. And I, I guarantee you, I'm coming home, like I say, next next week. I'm home for 12 days. I see six of them days I'll be in that Rutger Cafe eating breakfast. It's It's got a, a great view over the beach uh, in Sunderland, over Rutger Beach, and the, you can see the piers and all that. And when the sun's there, it, it, it's, real, it's real nice. And if you haven't been, and I'm not sponsored by them, by the way, but if you haven't been, I would go there and, and, and check it out if you're from Sunderland. And what else do I miss? The what I miss most when we're talking about food is Sunday dinners. You cannot get a Sunday dinner anywhere you go in America. I, we've got English bars out here. My good friend of mine 
owns an English bar. In fact, he's a chef as well. I've had, I've had Sunday dinner from there, and you can't compare it to my mum's Sunday dinner. They just, you, you, I mean, everyone's mum makes a Sunday dinner, and they make them the best, you know. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to, my sister as well, I was Sarah, my older sister, she makes fantastic Sunday dinners. So I guarantee we'll be having a few of them when I get home to Sunderland. One more thing, uh, what's going to sound really weird, what I miss sometimes, well, I did in fact, not so much anymore, is the cold, you know, when, (laughs) I mean, the the best thing about Ellie is the sun, but it was like two years ago, when I first moved out, we moved in an apartment, we had no air conditioning, and it was red hot, well, I had a heat wave in Ellie, it was like 38 degrees or whatever it was, On on a night time, we never had air, like I said, we never had air conditioning in our apartment. There was one night, it was like three o'clock in the morning, I woke up, red hot, I was sleeping with a fan like in my face and it was still hot, it was like 29 degrees. It was ridiculous. I said to me, missus, I woke up, I went, Sarah, listen, I'm, I'm going to have to find, try and find somewhere where I can go, I want to go to a restaurant or somewhere where it's got air con now, somewhere open, 24 hours. I never done that. What I ended up doing, I went downstairs and went and sat in my car and put the air con on. I like this is at three o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting in my car with the aircon on, trying to get cold, trying trying to get my body temperature down. And I was in the car. I remember I phoned my mum. I was like, "Mum," she went, "What are you doing phones at this time?" Because I'm eight, I was I'm eight. I was behind here, so it was like eleven o'clock in the morning. There, I never speak to my mum at that time. So, mum, I'd say, she's like, "What are you phoning at this time for? Is everything all right?" I worried a lot. I went, "Ah, you're not going to believe it though. I'm sitting in my car. The air I got the aircon on." It's it's too what? <laughs> she went, are you having a laugh? Are you taking the piss? And what are you talking about? She went, it's absolutely pissing down out here in Sunderland and now you can't play about it's too what? Well, that's what you moved to California for, for the weather. You're obviously now it's too what? I'm like, all right, mum. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> but yeah, so that was a one-off. Now I've moved in a in a better place. Now I've got air conditioning and um, um, it's just nice all the time. So let's move on to Elliot and the things that I love about Elliot. Uh, like I said, the, the, I said that was too hot. That was a few a couple of years ago in a heat wave when I never had air conditioning. But the best thing about Elliot is the sun. But one of the best things, the 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 weather. The weather is just perfect out here. Shorts and t-shirt every day. Even in the winter, it's like twenty four degrees, twenty degrees. It's it's real really nice, and then on an, on an evening as well, it cools down a bit, so you're not you're not sweating all the time. Apart from that heat wave when it was red hot in the night, but it does it cools down, so you can put a jacket on and and, and get warm on on an evening. But it's 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 just great. The weather's the weather's perfect here. It couldn't get any better. Like when you go on holiday, I and mean, it's it's nice when you go on holiday and it's red hot on a night and it's all humid and and things like that. That's nice. But when you're living in here and it's it cools down. It's just what you need. Opportunities, the opportunities in Los Angeles, especially what I've had, I'm speaking from experience here, is like ridiculous. So like a, a different level. There was one time. I mean, if you if you if you followed me on Twitter or whatever, you you may already know or Instagram, and you might have seen the pictures. But it was a year ago. I did a thing for Levi's. Uh, I was a, <laughs> if you've seen a picture of us, you're not going to believe this. I was a Levi model. Yep, a Levi model. One of the fiercest for Levi's in 2013. <laughs> no, 2012 it was actually, 2012. So how that came about is when I moved to LA, 
the one of my friends, he said, I've got this agent for you, uh, go and see him, he'll send you, he'll get your auditions, and you'll be able to be an actor, and you'll be able to be blah, 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 and I'm like, nah, I don't want to be an actor, I might do a commercial here and there, whatever, so anyway, I went and seen this, I went and seen this agent, a couple of weeks later, he, he sent, said, sent us an email saying, Tony, go to this audition in Hollywood, it's for Levi's, they want different people and all that, so I was like, I didn't really understand what it was for, but I went anyway, I drove to Hollywood, it's only about 20 minutes away, gets there, I'm in my box and burn clothes, I've got my box and burn t-shirt on, I've got my shorts on, I've got me. I've just finished the gym, I've got my boxer shorts on, what's probably sweaty with me sweaty horse from the gym, I've got trainers on, I've got scraggly hair, I've got stubble, not shaved, and I walks walks in and there's there's all these people standing around, absolutely gorgeous, all the women, stunners, 10 out of 10s, all the men, stunning, all 10 out of 10s, and then I'm there like a little chauffeur, like, what? So I went and went to the front desk and she was like, can I help you? I was like, oh, look, she doesn't even believe that I'm here for for this. So I'm here for the, for the Levi's thing. She went, all right, just fill this form in. Wait there for 10 minutes. Uh, we'll be with you soon. So I'm filling the form in and I'm, I'm feeling pretty intimidated around all these gorgeous people. I really was going to leave. I, I, I texted my wife, I was like, I'm going to leave this place. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not not meant to be here, but then I thought of a quote. It was funny. I thought of a quote, that famous one. I think it was from Michael Jordan, saying, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take." And I thought, yeah. And I'm a big believer in in making your own look in life. You make your own look. And if I just left there, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have got rejected because I wouldn't have had the I wouldn't have give them the time of day to reject us, which I thought they were going to do. So the, the anyway that the call I said no I'm gonna stay I'm gonna give it a, give it a go I'm in Hollywood why not you know the land opportunity blah 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 all that bullshit so they called me name in and then it was a one one bloke there with a camera um, he says all right I want you to hold this piece of paper with your name on tell us a little bit about yourself and blah 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 just so unenthusiastic so I'm like all right mate so I says all right I'm, so I got the piece of paper up I'm looking at the camera I said hi I'm Tony Jeffries I'm from Sunderland in England. I moved to earlier, I had bad hands and I, I was went to the Olympics and uh, I've retired from boxing, blah, blah, blah. I own gyms now. And he's like, all right, thanks, blah, blah, blah. So I got in the car, drove away. I was like, shit, I've just wasted like two hours of my day, whatever it took to get there, wait and, and go back. Wasted two hours of my day to go and do this stupid thing in, in Hollywood. Next day, agent calls us, bloody hell, Tony. And he's, I can't do American accent. Bloody hell, Tony. No, I can't do it. <laughs> In his American accent, Tony, you must have done well there. Uh, they've called you back in. Uh, the director wants to see you tomorrow. Uh, can you make it at 12 o'clock? I'm like, really? I went, all right, mate. Sound, I'll go. So went back through to Hollywood the next day. Uh, and I'm sitting sitting there with my wife. She came with us. It was on an evening. I thought, well, we might as well go for a meal while, while we're through there. And sitting opposite us is... A good-looking bloke with his Levi jeans on with his missus. His missus is the actress called Liv Tyler uh, from Armageddon. That's where I know from, and I think the dad's uh, Aerosmith or someone. The dad's famous, someone Tyler, Steve Tyler. Anyway, but I recognise her, and Sarah's like, "God, me missus is like, look who that is." I'm like, oh, "Shit, I." And then he's there with the same piece of paper in his hand as me, wanting. Going in, he's been called back as well for for this 
for this audition. I'm like, shit. I'm going in against Liv Tyler's boyfriend or husband, whatever he is, absolutely stunning. And then there's me again, still in me boxing burn gear, even though I'm going for a meal. That's all I ever wear. Uh, and I'm like, shit. I'm like, Sarah, like, maybe this is a waste of time. Anyway, I thought, fuck it. I've been called back for a reason. Gets in the room, but there's like, when I get in the room and we're a director and there's like seven or eight people around. So he's asking them about bit about themselves. He wants to know their life stories and all that. So the first one, he's like, yeah, I'm, I collect motorbikes. I'm this, like they're all dressed, all smart and like hippie looking and all. Everyone's different who's there. And I collect motorbikes and I'm really passionate about this. And I'm coming to Elliot to be an actor and this is happening. And then the next person, he's like, yeah, so I'm in a band and I'm trying to do this. My passion is this. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, how boring are these people? Like, they're, they're, they're trying to act as if they're not. And I'm not saying I'm exciting, but like, and they're all, but they're all like, oh, I'm trying to be an actor and this and that. And I'm just like, I'm, by, by now I'm like, think, I'm not thinking I'm not going to get this because all these people here comes to me and he says, so Tony, what's your story? And I said, for one, and I looked at everyone and I was like, for one, I'm not here trying to be an actor. If this is an acting job, like, it's not for me. And like he smiled and people were like looking like, hey, I can't believe he said that. And I said, I come to LA to be a boxer, to train out here. And I told them my story about my hands and the limit medalist. And I'm trying, uh, and they were all like intrigued. Anyway, I left there and I said to Sarah, waste of time. <laughs> like I said the first time. Anyway, the next day, my agent called us again. I was like, I seen him call. I was like, nah, surely. He phoned me, Tony, I can't believe it. You've getting you've getting the job. Congratulations. I was like, wow. Couldn't I, I still didn't even know what the Levi thing was all about. Uh so I finds out two weeks later I get called back in and I went and got it done a try where I wore all Levi's clothes and I couldn't believe it. I, when I was there, I was telling the people. I asked I asked I asked one of the stylists, I went, how many people auditioned for this? They said there was over ten thousand people in all America auditioned for this what you've did and they give five people out of the ten thousand the part you're one of them people and there i just nearly nearly collapsed i was like wow this must be big if ten thousand people's auditioning for it so they needed a they need, so they needed a place for us to shoot in the to do, do this photo shoot or the film and whatever it was the wanted a boxing gym I says well I don't want a boxing gym come to my place so they were all for it they come down they send scouts down to have a look at the place they loved the gym they said it's ideal for shooting they asked us if I knew any boxers so I was like for for, for background people I was like oh well I don't know everyone so I got Stephen Glenn Kevin the trainers from the gym to be part of it I got, even got Sarah in as a female boxer she was doing some jump rope in the back for when they filmed all them got paid then the the peers for hiring the, for using the gym, and then I got paid a, I got paid about four grand as well for doing this. It was like four hours work. Week later, I got a tweet off a friend of mine, Callum Hyder, who was a radio it was a radio DJ for Spark FM, or he was. The tweet was a picture of him in Piccadilly Circus in London, in the the biggest Levi store in England. There was a massive picture of me on the wall. Uh, advertisement in my face and he's like look what I've just seen in, in Levi's in London I was like shit I can't believe it and then from from then people were just tweeting us all the time or messaging us or people coming in the gym saying wow Tony I've just seen you 
picture in the Levi store and then they'd start showing the film. Wow, Tony, I was at the cinema and I seen the advert, the trailer before, there was an advert of Levi's and you were on it talking. Fuck. I was like, different level. So, talking about opportunities in LA, that's what I'm going to get back to. The opportunities was huge. Is huge out here. A director, a famous director, Joe Carnahan, who's directed the movie The Great, directed loads of stuff. Uh, he is writer and director. He come in the gym and he, he's, he's been coming in the gym a while. He went, wow, Tony, I didn't know you were an actor. I went, well, I'm not really, mate. He went, I seen your Levi's thing. I was at the cinema the other night. I seen your Levi's thing. It was awesome. He says, have you ever acted before? I went, I've done a little bit of TV, meaning interviews and things when I've boxed, but I've never acted. He says, well, I'm directing a show called The Blacklist. Have you heard of it? I went, oh, yeah, the big show on NBC. He went, yeah, well, I'm a director. I went, oh, nice one. He went, I've got a partner I think you'll be perfect for. Do you want to do it? I was like, what? He went, ah, yeah, I've got a part for it. If you if you want it, if you're up for it, it's in New York. Uh, we'll fly out next week and and you can be in that. I was like, 100%. Yeah, definitely, mate. Next week, I'm in New York doing, this is like three weeks after the Levi's thing. I'm in New York uh, doing, uh, doing the Blacklist TV show. While I'm in New York, I'm on a subway station. In, in in on the subway <laughs> This is fucking mad. On the train, the full train door was a picture of me doing Levi's on from the Levi's uh photo shoot. Mad. Absolutely madness being earlier two year and, and this happened to us. I've done two black I've done two seasons of the black two episodes of the blacklist. Amazing experience. Really, really was. Anyway, so that's back to back to where I started with this huge story. If you've not switched off and you're still listening now, thank you. Bear with us. I'm going to continue talking about Elliot versus Sunderland. I'm just kind of get drifted. And so another thing about Sunderland when when I was when I was there last, I was there was for the 2012 Olympics. I was jet lagged. I got up and when I'm in LA and I get up early, I always go for a coffee. In Sunderland, I got up early, 5.30 in the morning, went for a coffee. There was not one coffee shop open in Sunderland. I went to the Bridges. It wasn't open. Uh, the st- I knew they got a Starbucks. It wasn't open. So I was like, shit. It was like, God. You can really see uh, the culture is different. Everyone in LA is up early, either working or working out. The coffee shops are all open. Places are open. But in Sunderland, it just, it just wasn't open. Um, another thing... In LA, the lifestyle, the lifestyle's great. Everyone seems to be happy out here. I think with the weather is is a big part of that. You know, when when you when you're in the sun, when you when you're happy, you're, you're positive. When you're not happy, you're negative. There's a lot of negativity in Sunland. Well, I, I I mean I found that I found that with me, I was in the spotlight a little bit, and like. People would slag us off and and see us stuff from Sunland. I mean, this is I'm talking about the majority here. I mean, I'm talking about the the minority here. The majority of people was fantastic. The support was oh, the amazing. Really, really was what I got from from me city after the Olympics. It really was. But the, the a lot of the things you remember is the negative things, and I, I remember a lot of people trying to put us down, trying trying to put us down. And I'm sure a lot of people from Sunland can relate to this. When you do something good, uh, p- 
people always want to shoot you down, no matter what it is, whether it was boxing or, or whatever you do in your life. If you if you're lucky, if you win the lottery, people are here on you for doing it. And I think that's because with Sunderland being small, uh, you hear about it more. LA is big, and I don't hear about it more. But I'm sure it happens. I'm sure people slagging us off and, and things who knows. But with Sunderland being so small, the world gets around, and you always hear about others. There's this and that, and please tell us. I'm sure tweeters and tell us about that if you're related to it, which I'm sure people are. Uh, another thing in LA, I've got a couple more things like the beach. Sunland's got the beach, which when I was a kid, I've got videos of me in the in the sea at Roca uh, in the summer. I used to run at the beach at, at Roca Beach and Seaburn Beach, and I loved it down there. But Comparing it, um, this is a comparison with Sunderland and Elliot. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard of Malibu Beach. I'm 15 minutes from Malibu Beach. I'm 10 minutes from Santa Monica Beach. I'm 10 minutes from Venice Beach. So I'm living in the some of the best places in, in the world. I mean, it's not the best beaches in the world. It's not, but the beaches are absolutely amazing, and you can surf. The water's warm. The weather's always warm. So the beaches here is is like great really really good um and where, where the location i'm at as well like i see it malibu's 15 minutes away i it's now two o'clock in the afternoon i'm recording this by six o'clock at night i could be in the hotel in caesar's palace uh playing craps or playing roulette i'm four hours from vegas people don't know where it is and when i moved to LA, i didn't realize how close vegas was to los angeles it's four hours away. I can jump in the car and get there in four hours. It's a half an hour flight, forty minute flight. So I'm, so that's an amazing thing about living here, like the where where the location is as well. I'm two hours from a place called Palm Springs. Um, you may have heard of it. It's it's where a lot of celebrities and that live. But like it's a it's in the desert. It's it's a, if Elliot's not hot enough for you, you can go there. When it gets when Elliot in the winter drops to twenty degrees. A lot of the rich people have got houses in Palm Springs. They'll fl- they'll drive out of there two hours away, and the weather's like it is here in the summer. It's 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 amazing. Two hours is Big Bear. Boxing fans who listen to this will have heard of Big Bear through training camps, uh, where a lot of famous fighters like De La Hoya, Canelo Alvarez, and more and more lots and lots of fighters, Shane Mosley. I can't think off the top of my head. They'll all go there for training camp because it's at altitude. I think it's six and a half thousand feet up in the sky in altitude. So a lot of the a lot of fighters go there for that. But what I like it for and what it's famous for is the skiing resort. In the winter, uh, I think from like from like September or October until March or April, it's it's full of snow and you're up in the mountains snow skiing. And I absolutely love the place. Two hours away. I can I can go I can go and be in the snow and like people say when I say about oh it's sunny all the time even the winter yeah but you'll say oh I miss the seasons I miss the snow two hours away I can be in a log cabin in the in minus minus five degrees with knee deep snow it's 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 just great with Christmas trees everywhere it's lovely and I went there last Christmas and I'm gonna go there I'm going, coming home back to Sunderland for Christmas and then after that I'm gonna go back there go skiing. I'm five hours from Mammoth Mountain, which Mammoth Mountain is one of the best ski resorts in definitely in California, and I think it's in the top ten in the world. It's it's like ten times better than Big Bear for skiing. It's amazing. That's five hours away. That's right next to San Francisco, which is six hours away. These places you can drive to from LA, 
San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge. I've never been there yet, but I heard it's really good to visit. And then three hours away, we've got San Diego, fantastic city to go and visit as well. There's loads going on there. And then two minutes out of San Diego, so another three hours drive is Mexico. Like I see, it's two o'clock here now. By five o'clock, I can be in Mexico. How mad's that? And but 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 it's not like Cancun, what you might have been to. I'm talking Tijuana, where it's one of the, one of the most dangerous places in the world. But still, it's Mexico. Uh, I went there with my mum last time she was here. My mum and my missus we drove down down there. It was a experience, pretty pretty weird experience. Because I'm in San Diego, which is a really clean, really posh and expensive place to live. Where I know Ross Pierce and the UFC fighter from Sunderland. He lives there most of the year. You go from that to Mexico, Tijuana, and the difference is it's like night and day with the slum. It's got slums. It's got so many homeless and poverty that's there. It's like, like I see it, it's like night and day. So I hope I've sold <laughs> Elliot here and you come out here and visit now. That, that's me comparison done. We've got Sunland. Them's me good points. And Elliot, them's me good points. Uh, and... If I've if, if if I've got to pick one, obviously I'm living in LA. The opportunities alone out here is amazing. Never mind the sun and the beaches and the coffee shops and the location. Uh, so I, I really do love it out here, and I'm thinking I'm spending the rest of my life out here. But you you never know what happens in life, you know. I'm, three year ago, four year ago, I never ever thought I would have been here having a, a daughter in America. My wife's from Sunderland, the same as me. Our daughter is now American. We got a passport the other day, and to see that is absolutely crazy, you know. To to to, to see me daughter's American passport, it's like wow, can't believe it. Uh, so I hope, like I said, I hope I've sold Elliot to you. It's great out here for kids as well. There's there's Disneyland, like forty minutes from where I live. So I never knew that when I come over here that Elliot is home of Disneyland, but it is. There's Universal Studios. There's Warner Brothers Studios and them sort of things. Uh, so it's a great place to visit. And then you can, when you're here, you can go to other places like that. So please come and pay me a visit when you can. Well, that's me podcast done. Uh, please give us some feedback and listen to the next one as well because this is my first one. I don't know how it's how it's gone. If it's gone good, or if it hasn't, I've got no idea. I want your feedback. Uh, next time I'm going to have someone on talking with us so it'll be a bit better than just listening to my boring voice uh, like I see I've got the guests going to come in like like Wayne McCulloch for instance I'm looking at him now he's he's in the gym now talking to my mother-in-law uh, he's a uh, what a what a guy Wayne McCulloch is if you're a boxing fan you 100% know who he is I'm so blessed to have him in the gym he's going to be on here uh, we've got Tom Stalker, who was the captain of the Olympic team, a professional now, David Price, an Olympian, uh, Stephen Smith. I've got a, a big list of these fighters who's going to come on and, and talk on here. Frankie Gavin. The benefits of being an Olympic boxer, all your mates are great fighters, so, so that's good. Please use the hashtag BoxingBurn on Twitter so I can see any any questions, any responses you've had. I really want to build this. I really want your feedback. I really want questions and I'll and I'll, I'll, t- I'll write, see your Twitter name on here and, and get yous on here. And I really want your questions and 
things. If you've got questions about anything about my life, about what I've talked about there, any questions for any of the, the guests that's going to come on, please hashtag Box and Burn. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you're still listening now, like, good on you. And I want your feedback. Till next time, he's me out rule. Hey, it's me, the American guy again. Thank you for listening to the Box and Life podcast. Subscribe and please use hashtag Box and Life on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with any questions.